start tonight, I'm so excited about this word because we're starting a series called Discipleship Series. And here's the reality. I want to start tonight with three questions. Three questions. So if you're here tonight in the building, I want you to think about the questions and pause for a minute and answer them to yourself. If you're watching online, maybe you want to put the number down and kind of write out, comment what it is. But here's my first question. How would you rank your current relationship with Christ? On a scale of 1 to 10, maybe 0 to 5, maybe you want to put a thumbs down. I don't know. 6 to 10, maybe you want to give a thumbs up. Maybe you want to put a 7 down. I'm not sure what your relationship. What would you currently rank your own relationship right now with Christ? Here's my second question. What would you like for that number to be? And I don't know, everybody's got different standards. But for you, what would you like for that number to be when it comes to your relationship with Christ? Put that number down for me. Now here's the last one. You don't have to write this down or say this one. But what are you doing currently, right now, to get from that first number to that second number? Think about it. We talk about what we want in life sometimes, but we don't always take the steps we need to do it. And that's why I'm super excited. Tonight, my wife and I, we have the pleasure, the honor of leading as discipleship directors. And this series is going to help us all grow from believers to disciples. Maybe you're a curious believer and you've kind of heard about God and you've kind of been questioning this thing and watching online, but really hadn't thrown yourself all into it. Or maybe you already, you're here and you've kind of already connected, but you said, I want to take my, my following God and coming to church and become stronger in my disciple life. Or maybe you've been saved since Moses. <laughs> you've been going to church your whole life and you consider yourself a disciple, but you've never made your self-duplication. You've never made disciples as you've gone along. This series is going to help all that happen. What I love this year is the theme my pastors have, have been given is to grow, anybody know it? Grow together, serve better. The first two words are so important, growing together. And this is what I love because Harvest tonight, we're going to start growing together even the more. Our pastors have been doing great series and things of putting up spiritual walls and how we can do things and, and it, the fundamentals of our faith. A lot of teaching of just growing in general. But this discipleship series is going to do even more. The Bible records that once a person believes in Christ, they start a journey of discipleship. And our goal in this series is take us there further. The word discipleship, I mean disciple, depending on what translation you use, is recorded over 230 times. But the word Christian is only documented around three times. Now, I understand in a lot of the scriptures they're talking about his 12 disciples, but there are times that he's not mentioning them at all. But he wants, get, get what I'm saying with this, he's talking to disciples. He doesn't want us to stay in this realm of just, I believe. He wants us to walk a stronger faith with it. We must understand that discipleship is a process. And I want to define it. So if you're taking notes, it's a great place to start. Discipleship is the process of living a life of devotion to Jesus. Discipleship is the process of living a life of devotion to Jesus. Somebody say a process. process. Yep, yep. What that means, I know we live in a microwave society and we like to get everything immediately. You remember back in the day how your parents would make popcorn? 
I still remember this growing up as kids. Every Friday night, we was moving night at my house, at our house. And our parents would pop popcorn, and we loved Snickers. They would throw us a Snickers candy bar. And we'd catch it and be like, oh, yeah, this movie's going to be good. Even if it ain't, I got Snickers. And I got some popcorn. But I remember how he would pop the popcorn. The big pot. Yeah, some of the older folks get it. Young people are like, what do you mean a pot? You pour a little oil on the bottom. You get it just right. Not too hot. You can't scorch it. And then you throw that first. Some, some of them got good. They throw one kernel in there. And they throw the top on it, right? To that one pop. You're like, yep, it's ready. Take that lid off, and then you pour the rest of it. Cover the bottom just enough. And you shake it. And you get that thing right. Yeah, some of y'all are going to get some popcorn tonight. I get it. But get it. That's how you would do it. But nowadays, we can buy a 12-pack of popcorn, pop it open, rip the, the, the first seal off, throw it in the microwave, make sure it's the right side up, press two minutes, and walk away. That's what we do. In this microwave society, we want things to happen just like that. But discipleship isn't like that. It's a process. It's a journey that we must go through and say, I'm not going to give up on the first challenge I have in life. He wants to grow us in our faith. So let's start with the first scripture. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Familiar scripture says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. A lot of people know this as the Great Commission. But what I pay attention to in the scripture, I love to really study and break down the word. Three verbs that really stand out to me. He says, therefore, go. That's the first one. Then he says, and make. Second one, make disciples. I'm going to skip the next one, baptizing. Let's go to the third one, teaching them. Go, make, teach. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. If we could go, make, and teach, We'll be doing some things. But it says, go and make disciples. Again, if you're taking notes, get this. To make disciples, you must first be one. To make a disciple, you must first be a disciple. I can't duplicate what I'm not. Can't do it. How can I teach you how to play soccer when I've never kicked a ball? Couldn't do it. I can't tell you how to play baseball if, never, if I've never swung a bat. I need to be able to do the very thing I'm asking of you. So what is a disciple? The word disciple itself means a learner or a pupil or a student. It, for, it refers to a student who follows a teacher and patterns um, so closely that the student becomes a clone to the teacher. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Something that shifted in my life was when my son was born. All of a sudden, I, I started realizing it wasn't about me anymore. And I'll never forget the day I was brushing my teeth and my son was beside me brushing his teeth. And something happened there. I was looking in the mirror, looking at him. He's looking in the mirror, looking at me. And he's doing exactly what daddy was doing. What I realized is that even if I stopped looking in the mirror and looked away, he was still doing what daddy was doing. Somebody needs to get this. Regardless of what you're doing, your children are watching. Now, let me take it to another level. As a believer and a disciple, there are people watching you now. 
I tell my kids this all the time. It's not a lot of things I regret in my life, but one of them is I never, I didn't get on fire for God until I was a little bit older. Had a lot of influence, a great impact on a lot of people, but I wasn't on fire and bold about my salvation until my latter years. And I tell my kids at a young age, if you could ever just get to that point, or even at 13, if even at 12, because people are watching you. That's the thing. Like, I had a lot of influence. And I wasn't a bad kid, wasn't doing a lot of dirt, none of that, but people were watching. If I could have said, come on with me, come follow this Jesus that I'm talking about. Like, oh my gosh, the things that could be different. So what I'm telling you guys is people are watching you. What are you showing them? What are you showing them? Write this down. Disciples are those who choose to be with, become like, and build upon the work of Jesus. That's what a disciple is. Disciples are those who choose to be with, become like, and build upon the work of Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Disciples are followers of Christ. But a true disciple is one who actually follows Christ. Yeah. <sighs> Following Christ. Watch this. I don't mean follow Christ like you do with IG. Here's Instagram. Here's Facebook. Here's Twitter. I follow you. That's not what Jesus wants. But I'm going to tell you something that's more familiar. A couple years ago, my wife and I was in L.A. Uh, visiting her grandmother. So we're in Los Angeles, and uh, I got a good friend from college and high school that lives in San Diego. I, we had never been to San Diego, but he said, hey, one of your days while you're here, just drive up there and let's, let's meet. Me and the family get in the car. We drove a couple hours, met him in San Diego. GPS's address got there. I never forget when we left his house, he said, all right, we're going to go to the restaurant, we're going to go hang out, take the kids to the park, all that. When we left, I never used GPS anymore. He said, follow me. Stick with me. So I'm in the car without GPS, and I'm driving, and I don't know where I'm at. So while I'm driving, I'm bobbing and weaving to make sure I stay right with him. Somebody get this. When he turned left, I turned left. When he slowed down, I slowed down. When he sped up, I sped up. Jesus said, follow me. Somebody's starting to get it. Jesus said sometimes, why are you going that way? That's not the way I'm going. He said, follow me. I'm going to tell you when to stop because you don't need to go there. Come this way. Go right there. Stop right here. Put the car in park. Go minister to them. Go shake their hand. Give them a smile. Put the car back and drive. Go again. He says, follow me. Disciples, follow him. I even remember when the car tried to get in between me and him. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> you downshift, you take that thing, you getting back behind him. Why? Because I didn't want to lose sight of where he was. Somebody get this. I didn't want to lose sight of where he was. Jesus said, follow me. What's all these distractions about? What's all the other things you're trying to do? A disciple says, I'm following with a purpose. I'm, I'm watching. I don't, I don't want to lose that thing right there. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on what's going on. I'm there. He's hitting somebody. But sometimes we choose to follow him. And we say, God, I'm following you but we don't choose to follow his word. 
One thing I can say about this position standing here, there's at times I've been intimidated about it. Because, you know, I, I, don't, I never take this platform lightly. God, I'm just a, a man that said, yes, I'm willing to be used by you. But when I stand here, there's a different platform that you're sharing. And I never want to mess up your word, God. And, you know, and, and there's a standard you try to hold yourself to. I look at our leaders, and I'm always watching our pastors. And I'm, I, I don't take this for granted. But get this. As you do that, you realize there's others who know more scripture than you. Maybe they can outquote me. They can read two chapters straight and tell you exactly what it was. But God says it's not about the scriptures you know. Are you living the scriptures? Come on, some people are educated in the things of God and can tell you what the Bible says. But when you're looking at their life, you just don't see them doing what the scripture says. Which leads me to my first point. Point number one, disciples... A disciple is a doer of the word and not just a hearer. A disciple is a doer of the word and not just a hearer. James 1 verse 22. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Remember, some people memorizing the scripture. God wants us to do it. He wants us to do the scripture. The reality is it's a lot harder to live a sermon than to preach one. I can give you some notes and here's an outline. Stand up here and do it. You may can read it verbatim. You might be nervous. I don't know your level of public speaking. You might, but you can get through it. Now, if I said go live the scripture, go live that sermon, sometimes there's a different walk that we have there. God says, put on the word. God says, live the word out. God says, do what it says. See, disciples are obedient. Obedience is the greatest sacrifice you can ever have. I've met some believers that say this, uh, Derek, if, if you let me, uh, see, this is what I'll be trying to tell God. Like, I'll, I'll get before him and I'll, I don't know, spend another 30 minutes reading the Bible. As long as I don't have to do what it says. You know, because I, I really like my girlfriend. I really want to boo up with my boyfriend. I know I shouldn't. I want to try this thing over here, but I don't know if I should. I will fast another day. I'll add another day of fasting this month. I will pray an hour longer. He says, no, just be obedient. All I want is your obedience. I never understood why there are times in my life I wasn't, wasn't able to do some things my friends were able to do. But God was preserving me. He was saying, I know you want to play other music, but no, I want you to play this. I know you want to go to that thing, but I want you to go here. I want you to stay home and just not be around that. I in your early stages, sometimes you don't understand why. You see, here's the truth. While I'm talking, there's some people in here now that there's some checks in your spirit. And as you're watching online, you're saying, last year, I was art with God. You know, and here's the thing. Some of us say, if I, if I pass away, I know I'll go to heaven. Thank God for that. That's the saving grace of our God. But when you want to tap into the disciple, it's not just about you and you just making it in. You want to bring other people with you. I said this before. It was a day when I, he, he came and he changed from being my Savior to my Lord. 
He's my Lord and Savior. But when he stops just being the one who saved you and he becomes your Lord, you want to serve him and live for him the way he called us. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, if you really love me, you will keep, not just keep, but and obey my commandments. I read this earlier, James 1, but let me read the NIV. Go through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Say that part again. Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. The reality is, people, if salvation is free, but being a disciple will cost you everything. Salvation is free. God's already sent his son. Jesus paid the price. It's free to walk up there and say, God, I want you. But being a disciple, it may cost you some things. Maybe you can't go where you used to go. Maybe you can't do what you used to do. But I thank God for it. I think about my kids when I would say don't touch the stove when they were babies. They didn't understand why, but I did. The correlation is I'm the father. I know what's best for my child. My heavenly father knows what's best. If he tells me I shouldn't do it, even if I don't understand, I shouldn't do it. I don't understand that stove's hot, God. I don't know that. But if you told me I shouldn't, I don't think I need to. That's what a disciple does. He's obedient. She's obedient. They say, I trust you, God, and I'll put it all there. God wants us to be doers of the word, guys, not just hearers. Discipleship is not easy, <laughs> but it is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Just obey him. Just walk it out. Here's my second point, guys. Disciples establish disciplines. <sighs> Something about the discipline word. I often bring a correlation between spiritual fitness and physical fitness. I do that a lot to drive home points. I really do because it's so easy to. But in the gym, there are different strength machines. Think about this for a minute. And equipment is geared to handle different muscle groups. Here's the leg machine, strengthen your legs. Here's one that does your, your shoulders and your, your, your traps and your biceps, triceps. But there's some things that's all-encompassing. There's an all-in-one machine that they have at the gym. And some disciplines you just got to have in your life. Uh, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. The first discipline I want to talk about is reading the Bible. Daily reading of God's word has the same effect on your life as those all-in-one fitness machines. Think about it. It contributes to your total spiritual wellness. The Bible has the ability to confront, instruct, correct, heal, deliver, and even keep us from sin. Keeps us from sin. 
I remember me as a believer, I would just open the Bible and read the word. And sometimes I didn't really understand it. Some of y'all can relate to that. Kind of open it up. It, even if it ain't the dust and the dials, I mean, sometimes you can pause and get the right translation, but you don't really comprehend all the time what it has. But as a believer, I would read the word. As I became a disciple, I began to feed on the word. See, I moved from reading it to feeding off of it. That's the thing now. So when Pastor calls me and says, there, there are words you can share. Can, you know, I want you to prepare for this or this. See, now I feed on the word where it's in me. And then I can regurgitate what he's given me. I used to read to say, here's a check off the box. But then I started feeding on it so I can live. Now, so if I'm asked to speak, I can share from what I'm living. But I don't read it with that purpose to say, I need a word. I need a sermon. I don't do that. I feed off of it. And I say, God, teach me. Help me. Now, while I'm doing that, he gives me enough that I can share with others. A disciple sees it as such. What are we doing to become that? Here's the second discipline, prayer. Physical trainers, exercise experts, they all recommend stretching before and after you work out. I got a problem with that. I ain't going to lie. Okay, I got one hour to work out. I start, I stretch while I'm walking to the machines. I stretch as I'm preparing to run. I don't like to stretch a lot. I really don't. But how many have ever done some exercise without stretching? And you pay for it later. What you say? But prayer is kind of like stretching. You need to do it before and after. There's some times where you need to just say, God, I'm about to dig in your word during this devotion time, and I want you to minister to me. Talk to me, God. But get this, sometimes we pray and we need to just hush at the end of it and let him talk back to us. Bishop Hash had a book that said the listening side of prayer. There's a time where we have to pause and just say, all right, now I want to hear from him. God, now it's your time to talk to me. Because we get up and we say, all right, I'm done praying. And he says, can I say something? (laughs) You asked about more income and finances in your life, and I was about to tell you the inside trade. An inside tip, the person you should call to get you to the next job you want. But we got up from from our knees too fast. We walked away too quick, and God said, can I say something? I'm opening doors. I'm moving mountains. I'm taking care of the things you need to do. Insights. Answers. He wants to give you solutions that you face in life. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. See, here's the reality. Put this down in your notes. When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. That's good. I don't care who you are. When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Yes, sir. God will do it. Why not pray and let him do all the work? Why not sit back and just let him do what he needs to do and take care of it? Every time I count my blessings, my love for God grows bigger. And every time I count my struggles, my faith in God grows stronger. Here's the third one, y'all. Praise. We talked about reading the Bible, and we're talking about prayer. This is the last one. This is good. Praise, praise, praise. Praise is something that combats Satan. 
which requires a particular strength. Satan, see, he, he messes with our minds. He loves to deal with our thoughts. That's, that's what he does. He'll strategically bombard you with here's the thought of anger. Just drop it there. Here's a little bit of fear. Oh, that ain't you? Okay, well, here's some lust. Yep, yeah, that'll work on you. He'll drop jealousy on you. Here's some insecurities. Dab a little depression on you. But Psalms 150, verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It even got so good, they said it a second time, praise the Lord. So you know it's good. I know there are other disciplines that I could talk about, but I just wanted to hit you with those three. Because we could go on and on and say, all right, you also need a discipline to consistently go to church. You should be tithing. We could talk about all that. We can give to the poor. We can fast. But there are different muscle groups. What I'm telling you, there's a total holistic part of your body. If you can say, I can get these three foundational pieces, I begin to get stronger. Remember, this is a series. We're building on some things. But I can get that foundation started. If I can start walking closer to God, it'll get me there. But as we do that, as you grow consistently in the basic spiritual disciplines, the Holy Spirit works like a personal trainer. Yes, he does. Showing you other disciplines that can help strengthen your walk. We all know the definition for the sanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. But I like how John Maxwell put it. He said, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret to your success is found in your daily routine. That's good. So here's my question. What are you doing daily to change that first number I asked you about to the second number? What did you start with? And how do you want to end Remember, guys, the word of God should be that to challenge you. When you leave church, you should be encouraged, strengthened, but also shaken a little bit. would make you say, oh, yeah, I need to work on some things. So when I leave today, I want to walk closer and be challenged and strengthened to do some things I need to do. What are we doing? Disciples need disciplines. Disciplines cause us to train instead of just try. Think about it. The disciplines I'm talking about, they don't transform you themselves, but they point you to the one who does. See, as I read the Bible, I get closer to him. As I pray, I'm drawing myself closer to him. As I praise and give him worship, the bind is growing between the one who transforms everything inside of me. Till it gets to a point where I don't want to do the things I used to want to do. I don't even have the desire because I'm drawing so close to him. Think about when you used to date and be all around and, and whatever, then you meet that one. Don't nobody else matter no more. When I met my wife, it didn't matter. These people don't matter no more. It's my boo right here. We start forgetting stuff because when you draw close, the other stuff don't matter. Stop trying and start training. Stop trying and start training. Trying never achieves consistent results. This is good for somebody, but training does. 
To try is an attempt to change with minimal commitment. But to train is a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. Gosh, that's good. Jot this one down. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. Do you want to be successful in this walk? Do you actually want to go from here as a believer, as wondering, is this Jesus thing even right, to over here, I'm a disciple, looking to make other disciples? Why? Because he said, go and make disciples. I can't be what I'm not. I can't duplicate what I'm not doing. Here's my third point, guys. Last one. Disciples, stay connected. This is good. This just lines up to our vision and everything we do. We're not created to do life alone. We were made for community. We're insufficient by design. Like, I actually realize when I walk into Brave Men every month or every other month that I need these men around me. I understand that I can't do this thing by myself. I understand that I need to rub alongside shoulders with other guys and say, man, because some days I'm low and my wife just don't understand. Sometimes it's tough to be a father, a dad, a, a, a businessman, doing certain things, and I need other people around me to do it. Sometimes we need to recognize Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Yep. Chapter 4, verse 16 says, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Think about it, guys. If you want to be good at something, find somebody that's already doing it right. In high school, I remember playing basketball. I would watch people who played my position and watch how they do. Watch their work ethic. I would watch how they handled certain game time decisions. I watched their practice methods. I watched why they made certain decisions. Like, I talked to them afterwards, hey, man, why'd you do this? In the fourth quarter, you did this. And I was like, uh, oh, this is what I was doing. But I'm watching people who were doing it the way I wanted to do it. When it came to my finances, and I was struggling at times and early in my life, how to handle money. I watched people who were winning with money. And I said, hey, well, what do you do when you get paid? How do you handle the certain things? Oh, you write a budget. Oh, you do this. Well, what helped you change even when the money was tight and you wanted to go buy that, but you couldn't? Well, this is what I did. I got alongside people that were doing what I wanted to do. You want to be a disciple? Find you some, some disciples. Connect to some disciples. Watch people's lives. There's nobody at this church that should be alone. No excuse for it. Because there are people here. Now, I understand it's in different times and online and everybody's not comfortable being in person, but we offer harvest groups. There's so many avenues where we're saying plug in, get connected. There are things you need to do to get us in there. I was just a Timothy looking for a Paul. I knew I needed somebody to follow, and I got there. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. This is the verse I try to get to. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. 
Say that part again. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Let me wrap this up. Here's what's happening, guys. This is a year of discipleship training. What are you doing to get from this point to that point? I want to grow in my faith. I don't want to stay stagnant or the same. Living things grow. Are you growing? Do you want to? Because I do. I want to be better for my children. I want to be better for that God is saying, I want you to make it. I realize that my walk with God is not just based on me. If I could be honest right now, there are people watching online that's saying, I remember Derek back in high school. He was a pretty good kid, but like, man, to see him doing what he's doing now is a blessing. Some people are rooting me on, and others like, he'll be like everybody else. I see TV preachers fall. I see people who don't know nobody fall. I see people that say they're saved and mess up next week. And they're looking for you to mess up. But watch this. None of that matter. Why? Because I'm just like I was in that car. I'm following God. And when some distraction gets in the way, I get out of the way so I can stay right behind me. It's not about what's around me. I'm focused here. Now, you can follow me as I follow Christ. And that's the part about going and making disciples. I want to get them there. Here's a couple of things to remember. Discipleship is a process of living a life of devotion to Jesus. But to make disciples, we must first be one. Disciples are those who choose to be with, become like, and build upon the work of Jesus. Number one, disciples are doers of the word, not just hearers. Number two is disciples establish disciplines. The three I talked about tonight was the Bible, reading the word. Second was prayer. Third was praising. I want you to stop trying and start training. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. And the last point, disciples stay connected. They plug in. Our pastor is so, they're so awesome. Even as leaders, he has us finding mentors, connecting to other people who are doing things in excellence in a way that, you know, let's find our part, but who can we get behind and be coached behind? Yes, our pastors are coaching us, but he's saying, I want you to grow even more. What if every one of us took our lives and says, I'm going to plug in to a disciple that's doing it better? Or that I see something in that I want to overcome or go in this way. I got other friends that can take me astray, but I'm trying to be done with all that. So let me plug in with some men, some women that are doing it the way I need to do it. Find your Paul. That's all I was. Timothy. Looking for a Paul. Find your mentor. Find your connection. And let's get plugged in. And let's start living like God wants us to live. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word tonight. <laughs> thank you for you just being so good. We love you, Father. We pray that the words that's shared tonight have ministered to so many hearts. 
Father, allow them to go back and repeat this message, share this message, do whatever they need to do as they grow in their faith and their walk with you. We want to be disciples. Oh, gosh. Everybody with me, just imagine a church full of disciples. Imagine a city, a state, a world full of disciples. God, we thank you that we'll be the ones. We'll, we'll start it. So God, help us to do all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Were y'all blessed tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, listen, we're excited. This is the first of many more to come. This the series. I want everybody, really, plug into the series. Um, we're doing it every second Wednesday of the month. Actually, next week we're jumping in on that second one, and then we'll go starting in March. It'll be the second of every month. So come back next week as well. Watch us online next week as well, and we'll jump in because we missed January. January, February together, then we'll go March. It'll be the second Wednesday of every month. We just want to grow together. We want to grow together, and that's what we're doing. Amen. So take the notes, take things you've done, and apply it to your lives and allow it to minister to you. Amen. So we welcome you to Sunday. We'll see you guys Sunday service at 9 a.m., and we look forward to it. Until next time, God bless.